Hello lovely listeners, it is the linked platform once again, bringing you a wonderful conversation between Abby and I. Abby is joining me from the UK and I would allow her to introduce herself. So Abby, over to you. Hello everyone, I hope you have a nice day. My name is Abby and I'm from Hong Kong. So I also have a Chinese name called Hu Qi and my surname is Chen. Generally, people call me, even my friends and family call me A.B. Yeah, okay. A.B., so um, let's just dive right into our conversation. But wait, before we go there, let me just introduce again that the Link platform is a platform dedicated to telling the stories of international students. And we hope to um, mobilize and um, bring network and then develop students through sharing our stories and we hope that today you learned something from AB's story. And so straight, um, AB, tell us how you came to be an international student in the UK. Did you always want to be an international student and how was the process for you? And kindly also let us know the course you are doing and the university that you are in. Okay, sure. So currently I'm doing a PhD degree in education in the University of Cambridge in the UK. So I'm currently in my third year of doctoral study, and this is my fourth year in the UK. So in the past, when I was really young, I have always wanted to go to English-speaking countries because I love the language English. But due to some of the family reason and like circumstances, then I didn't manage to go on study abroad when I was in a uni for a exchange cultural exchange program which I felt like, mm. uh, it seems like I can only stay in my hometown for undergraduate studies. But like life is a box of chocolate and you never know like what happens next. Then somehow like when one of my professor has recommended me to apply for a master's degree in Cambridge, just to try without thinking ahead because it's more about like you just pay an application fee and see whether or not like they would take you. And if they didn't take you, then just, forget about it but if they did then you might open another door of opportunity in your life so I tried to apply to Cambridge when I was in my third year of undergraduate studies in Hong Kong and luckily I got admitted but another hurdle was that I need a funding to come to UK because the tuition fee for us as international students in UK is quite pricey and very luckily, I got a full scholarship from my like previous uni, which fully sponsored my all costs in the UK. Wow! And that's how Congrats. I began, like yeah, and that how and that's how I began my abroad study like journey till now. So it's a really interesting. Yeah, that's good. So did you did you study English specifically because you wanted to um do or feather your studies in English or English is just a, a compulsory part of the school curriculum in Hong Kong? Uh it's it's actually it's a bit interesting because like English is one of the like uh legal languages in Hong Kong. So like we are legalized to okay. learn English and Chinese as a like as the as the language of our city so english has always been my second language and okay. like it is a compulsory subject in the school curriculum and syllabus in hong kong just that like for me because like uh it's more about like english chooses chose me rather than i chose english because i okay. was like um, interesting i was quite good i was quite good at english subject when i was in my high school 
And that's why, because I'm, I wasn't very interested in other subjects. So then I just like take English as a major when I was in uni. And be it safe or anything, then I just continue pursuing English. And right now, my degree is doing more about like applied linguistics in English languages education. So it also has a tie with what I do with English in the past. Yeah, yeah, it does. Very interesting. So how has the journey been as an international student in the UK? So from what you are saying, you you did your master's and now you are you are currently doing your PhD all in the UK mm -hmm. with the same university. So you've been an international yeah. student for four years. How has it been? Yeah. Well, it has been truly amazing and wonderful. Like, I still remember like the first time when I like arrived UK, like I arrived like on my on myself like my parents didn't go with me so this is the first time i took a plane of like 12 hours long half flight from hong kong to uk and everything like i still remember how panicky and nervous i was ever since the first day i arrived and during my first year in the uk i didn't like this country that much because like um like the culture is quite different from hong kong and everything like the pace the food and then regulations is different. I find it a little boring in UK because there's not much entertainment. As in like I'm coming from Hong Kong where a lot of the city doesn't shut like at all. So but then like gradually <laughs> when I spend more time in the UK right now, I felt like I like UK more and more and I can even say like right now, I love being in the UK because I got wow. more blending. I I meet more local friends and even like I know you in UK and right now we become good friends just because we like we have been like meeting in the UK, so I really yeah. like spending time in UK right now. That's interesting, and and it's good you mentioned about the cultural changes or differences. Can you highlight more on it? On you know the difference between where you are from and where you currently are. Yeah, that's like that's a very interesting like cultural shock for me. For example, like um in Hong Kong when we we're trying to use Cantonese. The language itself seems to be more upfront and direct when you're talking to each other. But when in UK, I felt like um, I knew this beforehand, but I still feel quite shocked with the subtlety of the Britain, of the British, in talking okay. about conversing. So somehow, like you have to like be really socially smart to get like what people are saying because sometimes they're being really subtle and polite. And secondly, it's also more about like the pace of the city. Like, I come from mm. Hong Kong, which is a very fast-paced city, and our city, like, uh, run all day, like, the shop doesn't close at night. But when I first arrived in Newquay, and knowing that, like, the supermarket shuts down at 5 p.m. on Sunday, yes. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I need to do for groceries, like, before they shut. And then, like, and during Christmas, like, the sh all the shops are closed. And even some of the languages, I have to attune to the way of, like, the local, the British native, the way they say things. Like, for example, like, when you're on a coach, they say like you you hop on a coach, but that's not how <laughs> I understand things. If I wasn't living in the UK, so this other yeah. like languages like culture and this other thing that I find a little bit culturally shocked when I first arrived. Mm, okay, well, interesting. But were there any stereotypical views that um? aside the cultural shock that you had about um, the UK, that when you got to the UK, it was positive or negative or it was confirmed or even stereotypical views that people had about you or about your country that you realized that, uh-uh, this is not true. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, like, it actually happened because, um, like, for example, Hong Kong used to be part of the colonies of the UK in the past. Before 1997, yeah. we used to be part of the UK. So in that sense, actually, I got quite a lot of understanding about the UK due to historical like reason. And in that sense, I was I wasn't as unfamiliar unfamiliar with UK as in like people that might coming from other places. So in okay. that sense, I wasn't quite, yeah. So in that sense, I think I'm quite okay. But like, I do have encounter people telling me that like whenever they ask me the question like, where do you come from, like. I, every time I would say like I came from Hong Kong, but they were trying to say like oh that's like Hong Kong is China right or like you are you Chinese? So this kind of question made me <laughs> make me think about like my identities and stuff and yeah it has been yeah it is interesting to talk about this and the way that like like the way that people understand you about your identity as an expat mm. in UK is quite yeah. an interesting yeah. thing to explore yeah yeah interesting you know for, for me for example i'm from ghana and in the uk when i say i'm from ghana i expect people to know because mm -hmm. in my mind you know the british colonized um ghana so in my mm -hmm. mind in history class at least they should know this because we learned this and it's part mm -hmm. of our curriculum but yeah. interestingly nobody knew like at least in my circle, people didn't know that the British colonized Ghana. Oh, so I was, so you I was like, surprised. you don't know that. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, so, so it's, like, it's interesting. So it's it's more about oh, like never assume things right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway well well okay let's go on with our conversation so um now that you are what has made you or what are some of the things that you would miss about the country what are some of the you know high moments things that you love the culture what have you enjoyed about the country in the uk yes in the uk um i think generally speaking like because like or maybe it's also because due to my age so as the older i get right now like i feel more comfortable living in the uk because the pace of the country is slower especially i'm living in cambridge like a countryside so i felt like um life pace has become more adjusted to me like i can achieve a better balance of life and work but in hong mm. kong i felt like i always struggle because it's more about work rather than life so in this sense I felt like I quite like the UK and more importantly like um, when I like a country or a place it's always more about the people themselves so yeah. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very grateful that I met a lot of like very good local British friends here and we talk about and even we go to pub like have pub food and drinks and beer having the local food like coffee tea scones make them together which enabled me to understand more about the culture and even I have went to London to visit like uh Westminster to understand more about the politics, Brexit and other kind of Wow, stuff. interesting. Which, yeah, which I think actually it opens up my vision about yeah. like understanding another culture like another country and trying to immerse yourself into the local community so that like when you study abroad, like you are not actually studying. But you also try to yeah. experience and feel the country that you are living with yeah. during your expat years. 
yeah yeah well that's that's interesting so what's what's your favorite british meal meal wow that's yeah. a really good question uh so anything like breakfast brunch or coffee or din- like a dinner well anything well i mean like right now i quite like uh the scone the british scone and okay. i also quite like their bread pudding but for okay. like main calls like generally i like fish and chips i'm not so much into like the mince pies i'm not like a pie person so i quite okay. like but then i'm quite like the fish and chips in general okay and i quite like yeah. the process of like having coffee and tea all the time <laughs> i know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's funny that when you are not careful i remember when i first went i was like why do we have to have tea after every meal but yeah, now i exactly. see myself doing it <laughs> and i'm like what yeah. are you doing <laughs> yeah. exactly. you just like, get like used every- to it <laughs> yeah like, the time i remember i drink four cups of coffee and tea like a day yeah. like, just because like i'm hanging out with british a lot and they keep saying oh breakfast you have a coffee and then like lunch have a tea and then afternoon tea have another tea and scone and then have <laughs> a decaf coffee so one wow, four cups of tea a day with milk so it has been something that i become more used to right now yeah you just get used to it yeah so is it easy for you to get some of your um local um, ingredients from the uk uh yes uh actually like in cambridge because cambridge is a very international uh in the national city so yeah. like we can just go to like like the main shopping store like main supermarkets like sainsbury's but if i want for like i got craving for asian food then we also got some chinese and korean and malaysian supermarket so they can like yeah. like they can feel my craving even though if i crave for asian food but generally, for me, I would feel like if I am immersing in another country for studying abroad, I would love mm-hmm. to try the local food more in order to blend in myself better locally. Okay, okay. But you are still able to. And when you eat from those restaurants, do you feel like you are eating good Hong Kong food or Chinese food? Or you do feel there's a difference? Yes, there's a difference. Like, um, <laughs> they, I would say they are not as authentic as the one okay. that I had at home. Mm-hmm. But then you also know that like, because you're like so many miles away from your home country and it's fine that yeah. like, they didn't cook as authentic as the one you had at home. So yeah. I think I just yeah. become more and more tolerant when you're studying abroad mm. regarding food mm. expectations. Okay, okay. And how has it been like um, when you look at your degree because you did your degree in your home country and then you look at um the the way of teaching and how the universities um you know go about the things that they do what difference do you see in your schooling in hong kong and in cambridge university at the moment i would feel like they are very they are two totally different experience for my undergrad uni like i was doing one major in humanities which is english language studies Another one okay. called social sciences, which is about like global studies, more about politics. So I'm doing double majors. I think at that time period, like it's more about like exploring yourself to different kinds of topics. And you, you, it's more about general studies. Like you try to explore yourself, whether you're interested or not. And 
but for the like for the experience in in Cambridge, it's more about like oh you become more and more specific regarding what you study. You try to narrow down, and instead mm. of like exploring, you try to go, you try to dig deep. So right now, I felt like the thing that I'm studying is quite niche, and then quite uh deep because I'm doing a PhD. And at the same time, I think um the academic vibe and these two places are very different. As in, in Cambridge, I've always encountered a lot of intellectual discussion with people regarding um, your topic. And it seems to me that like in here, uh, people are generally very open to different ideas, even though you two may be coming from two different backgrounds and you just yeah. enjoy the intellectual yeah. discussion, which I think is very beneficial for my learning. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I've also really enjoyed is the openness to like, you know, different ideas and different perspective of things. And um, as long as you are able to defend what you are saying, especially when it comes to like essay writing, um, um, exams and stuff like that. I like the way the lectures are open and friendly, you know, and able to yeah. like just accommodate you from a different, because you are from a different background, they appreciate you. They want you to talk and share what you think about, you know, the subject and, and, and it's, it's really beautiful. Personally, that's one thing that I really enjoyed about the education system when I was doing my master's. Oh, that's that's really mm -hmm. lovely. I'm glad it's not only my experience because we went to two different yeah. universities. Okay, so share how um I mean talking about since we are still talking about education school, why don't you share um about how COVID has impacted your studies? Because I know with PhD research you need to collect data. How has COVID impacted that the process? To be honest, like the pandemic has significantly influence my research as in like I'm doing research in education so basically for me like uh, during my second year of PhD study I go back to my hometown Hong Kong to carry out the field work in which I work with the local local school there um, in ex like experimenting some of the teaching practices with the students and the teacher but because of the COVID and with all the social distancing schools have been moving to online study and you don't do not have like real life interactions with kids. So basically all the like experiment that I have and intervention, like school yeah. intervention with the children has to be paused and everything cannot like be going further. So it really significantly impact impacting me because like there's a period of six months in which I can do nothing with the school. So okay. after discussion with my supervisor we have decided to move everything and especially the data collection process online and trying to like turn around turn things around to see if that's possible yeah. to shift the focus of the project so that it doesn't get so negatively influenced by the pandemic. Yeah. And has it been effective it, doing it online? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it somehow shifts the focus of the project as in like right okay. now we focus less on the effectiveness part but more about the perception and stuff, which we collect the data through online measures. So okay. it's a really challenging year ahead, and same as some of my colleagues and like classmates. Yeah. And what about you as an individual? How what ha how has it impacted you? Mm. Mentally, physically, like... socially. Uh. 
I would say like there are two phases. And which the first phases when COVID like first started to take off and my PhD started to get really influenced by the by the pandemic. I get really mm. anxious and stressed and frustrated because everything okay. seems to work against you and you are like stuck in there without much progress. But yeah. then when you try, like when the thing, like when as time goes by, you try to figure out that like, oh, stressing doesn't serve you anything apart from getting you crazy. And it doesn't work <laughs> on anything as well. So you try to feel like you try to adjust yourself emotionally and okay. try to figure out solutions instead of like sticking with your head with the only thought that, oh, everything is against you. So I take time to heal myself emotionally and talk to my friends. Okay. And emotional wise, mm. I think I get better at the second half of 2020. And right okay. now, physically, I try to work on myself more. I do more home exercise so that I can get fit. And socially, I try to maintain, like, have more video and regular calls with my friends. Yeah. So I would say, like, somehow it's also a blessing in disguise because, like, this period of COVID also get you to think more about yourself and your life and yeah. other areas. Yeah. So it's mm. always a double edge, the like thought. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So just to let my um, listeners know again, we are on the link platform and today we are talking to AB and AB is a PhD student at Cambridge University and she is sharing with us her experience as an international student in the UK for almost four years. And we've had a wonderful conversation and I hope that you are enjoying it. Feel free to send um, any questions that you have for any of you know the guests. Um, send it to info at thelinkplatform.com or thelinkplatform at gmail.com and we would add it to the questions or the discussions that we have with our guests. So moving on, AB, tell us how difficult or easy has it been to date? Either long distance or I think the first question should be, are you dating? Am I dating? What do you mean, am I dating? So do you have, are you in a relationship? Oh, no, I'm not. Like, I, I'm not in a relationship right now. Okay, so how easy has it been to be in a relationship? Either t So to date either in the UK or long distance, how easy or difficult has it been? Um, like, currently, I am single. So I am I do not have to worry about, like, maintaining okay. long distance with my, like, partner if, like, if I were ha if I had a boyfriend so I don't have okay. to worry but like like but like when thinking about like last year if I had a boyfriend I guess like things will be very difficult because like you cannot socially meet each other and with the distancing and or you can like um can only like talk about it online and somehow I think there will be a moment you felt like oh am I dating my phone or like am I dating my computer <laughs> instead of like dating a real Person. yeah so i guess it's quite hard but um actually it's the same for friendship because currently i'm keep having regular phone calls and video calls with my friends so yeah. i think it's just it's more about communication it's more about mm. whether or not like you're making an effort so i guess i hope that people who are having a long distance relationship right now on the link platform are like having their good time and hope that like they are they are in a good position with their partner and with my blessings to them. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, some of the things you can do during this lockdown is to listen to the link platform, share it with friends and family, whether they're international students or hoping to be international students. The link platform is where you should be listening and gathering experiences for your own experience. And thank you so much for mentioning that, AB. And moving on to communication, how difficult or easy has it been to communicate with family members? Because I know Hong Kong is not on the same um, time zone as the UK. Yes, you're right. Actually, uh, Hong Kong is actually eight hours ahead of the UK right now. So oh, it's, no. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's really difficult. Like when I was having lunch, my parents almost go to bed. And when they woke up, I was almost going to bed. So this yeah. time zone experience has really like has been daunting. So like this year, I've adopted a new practice, like which I didn't in the past two to three years. So this year, I've tried to um, make time with family by having a regular video call every week on every Sunday. So okay. every, like on every on every Sunday, I'll have like around 30 minutes to an hour of video calls with my parents and family. So that like we keep in touch with each other like on a regular yeah. basis, especially under yeah. the pandemic. So yes, in, order, yeah. in order like the both of us like uh, do not put each other on the back burner or like we are mm-hmm. like to avoid any miscommunication and misunderstanding taking place because of yeah. the time zone differences. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I also know that you experienced the pandemic in Hong Kong and you are currently experiencing it in the UK. How different has it been in the in Hong Kong and in the UK? I think it's a very different experience because like one of the biggest things that have taught me throughout this pandemic is that like the Asian and the Western like there are like differences there are quite big differences in terms of the way the Asian and the Western um Western countries in handling this pandemic. For example, when I was in Hong Kong, people are very um uh how can I say? Like like in Hong Kong like most of the time ninety percent of the people will wear a mask and keep sanitizing their hands and before like like it seems like they are more um cautious about Okay. Uh, prevention but then in the and when i arrived in uk people are more like um they also wear masks but then the percentage of people wearing masks in the uk was not as high as i said in hong kong for example okay. like um uh, i think this might also be due to the reason that because hong kong has undergone another pandemic back in yeah. 2003 yeah. which which is called SARS, which is another like which is an SARS, which the city has taken its tolls on this pandemic. Yeah. And right now, and when there's another pandemic, then people would just just become more like prepared and like more um cautious because of their previous experience. So I think in Hong Kong, like, uh, it's a very different experience, especially when people like are very um, uh, like for example, when I remember when I'm taking my flight back to UK, some other Hong Kong people on the flight, they wear their protective clothing and then wear goggles, wear masks and like have a lot of sanitizers like, and then wipes getting with them. But yeah. then I seems like in the UK, people like did not like, uh, I didn't have encountered people who are wearing protective coat like in, the, in Cambridge walking around. So I think um, the wipe and the way that people handle um, this pandemic is quite different compared to two places. But I understand, like, 
why they are doing this. And I guess there is also some debate regarding like which way is the better way in treating yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, but let's not think that COVID is gone. Let's put on our mask, let's sanitize our hands, make sure that when we enter our homes or your room that COVID is gone.